Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Hello, I'm Susan Violante. I'm your host for today. I'm really excited to be speaking on the phone with Michael Casano, author of Something's Bound to Happen, a poetry book that reflects the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful aspects of life through the author's eyes. But before we start, let's learn a little bit more about Michael. Michael Casano is an award-winning novelist, an award-winning poet, and the author of the critically acclaimed novel, The Last Paradise. He has traveled extensively, living in many places among a variety of unique personalities. His lifetime resume includes waiter, cab driver, bartender, lumberman, janitor, and ranch hand in New Mexico. These experiences add authenticity to his written work. He's currently a geology professor at Eastern Michigan University and lives in a Michigan harbor town, enjoying the west waves of Lake Michigan. For more information on Michael Casano and his books, visit his website at www.michaelcasano.com. Hey, Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm so happy to be talking to you because I've been a fan for a while with your books. I'm the one that reviewed your poetry book that we're going to be talking about on this interview. So it's really a pleasure talking to you, finally. Well, thank you. Michael, usually I ask uh, people that we're interviewing to tell us a little bit about your background. But I need to mention that it's amazing. I mean, you've been so many different people, (laughs) you know, from waiter to cab driver, bartender, academia. So I'm going to focus on that. What the heck? (laughs) Did this uh, interesting life of yours happen spontaneously, or is it something that uh, you did on purpose for some reason? Or tell us about it. The many jobs that I had when I was younger, I. I graduated from high school, but um, I wasn't a very good student in high school, so I didn't have a lot of talent and didn't know what to do, so I traveled around the country. And uh, by doing that, you know, when you don't have a lot of talent, um, you tend to take jobs like being a janitor, uh, being a bartender, uh, working in a lumber yard. You just do what's available to you out there. And that's what I did, and it kept me alive and gave me a lot of stories that I would have in the future. But during my bartender days, which isn't, I don't think, uh, it's it's a difficult job to have because you're dealing with people who may not be emotionally um, right there, and then they're drunk too. You've got to deal with that. And one day I just said, I can't do this forever, and decided to go back to college. Now, that was a turning point because when I graduated from high school, before I graduated, I was told that I had no mathematical or scientific ability. And then I, so I thought, <laughs> well, heck, I'll go into science, okay? And um, I, I just started over again. I just, you know, I went to junior college, took the uh, 050 courses, uh, learned how to do math, and uh, Eventually got my way into uh, into Eastern Michigan University and kept going and kept going. And I was going to be a lawyer because at that point in time I could use words well. But mm-hmm. I just uh, just got enamored with geology and I just kept going with it. And I thought, well, I'll go into science and I'll keep doing it until they stop me. And I got my PhD. <laughs> so it, you know, that part was was done on purpose. The rest of it was an accident. You just you got to eat, and you got to sleep, and you got to pay bills. Yeah. And that's what I did. And um, you know, there 
lot of a lot of memories with those earlier jobs, but uh, they they give you stories to tell. And I can see that you're an author because uh, you not only write poetry, you also have a few novels that are award-winning. Listeners, we're talking to Michael Casano. He is an awesome author, and his website is www.michaelcasano.com, and that is K-A-S-E-N-O-W.com. Check out his books and check out his poetry. But I think that you know the interesting and diverse career path of yours is awesome for your novels. I mean, do you base characters on who you were or the people you met working in your different jobs? How did all the stuff that you've done help you in your writing? Well, yes, some of the characters are who I was, (laughs) and some of the characters are are people I met, and uh, mostly good people, but, you know, there were uh, scalawags along the way, (laughs) and they go into the books, too thing about it, when I talk about going into a bar, I mean, you know, I used to run one, so it's easy to write that way. When I was doing those jobs, I had no idea I was going to retire into a writer, but um, I did, and uh, those memories just keep coming back, and when I think about a type of person that I want to put in the book, I sit back and I think for a while, and I go, oh, this guy will work just fine. And uh, and so I put them in. So all all the experiences uh, that, that I use for writing and even in my poetry are are things that uh, I you know I, I take from the the well of my memory, so to speak. Yeah, and it sure makes research uh, breathe. <laughs> it does. I love that you you tell us about your. I want to say mentorship in high school. You know, somebody told you what you will never be able to do. (laughs) Because I went through the same thing in sixth grade, and I'm glad to see that you did what I did, which is like, oh, you know, they told me I would never be able to do anything with my hands in my art class. And so my first business actually was a a pottery studio. that did very well in South America. And uh, I can't tell you just how hard and long I look for that uh, principal of the school that was also uh, the art teacher to invite her to the opening. (laughs) So I think that tells a lot about your character (laughs) that you went ahead and said, you know, basically, what the heck, I'm going to do what you tell me I'm not going to (laughs) do. When people tell you uh, when you're young, uh, you know, who you are, you tend to believe them because they're mm-hmm. adults and you're not. But as you get older and you grow into being who you are and you're 30 years old, you think, you know, these people are jerks. <laughs> what do they know? <laughs> you know, so I can, you know, I'm convinced that you can be and do anything you want to do in this country. You just uh, have to work at it. And, and, you know, you're talking about pottery. I'm sure the first the first things that you did with pottery Maybe not have been the best, but you kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. Oh, yeah, and I sold them anyway because, uh, you know, art is so subjective. And whatever broke, I ended up putting on the walls of the business and created mosaic uh, with them. And people will come to my store because they will hear about that store that had all kinds of mosaic inside the store. So it's it's an awesome thing when you use your creativity not just to create what you want to create, but to create a marketing point or and you know so I am I have two girls and and that was my biggest point I wanted to make sure that at school 
they were not put down by the professors. Kids will be kids, and they will yeah. call you whatever. But, you know, when a, an adult, like you said, does that, I mean, shouldn't be in a school setting, in my opinion. No. Yeah. You should always, you should always give uh, people some sort of confidence in whatever they do. Even I mean, when I was a college professor, you know, I always tried to say something good to somebody, even if what they had done at the time wasn't their best effort. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, what's the point about uh, about talking to people if you can't make them feel good? I just, yeah. I just don't but, get it. I'm glad that that came up because I, I love to give messages to our listeners. And again, we're talking with Michael Casano, author of many books, View from the Edge, A Wicked Thing, uh, Six Feet Down. You have so many. The book that we're trying to let you know about won the poetry last year for ReadReviews.com, and it's called Something's Bound to Happen. I did that review, and I can tell you, um, well, I am a poetry fan, so okay. uh, I started writing poetry at 13 years old, and that's what kept me writing, reading and writing poetry. And then later in life, like in, almost in my 30s, is when I really thought about writing seriously uh, okay. to publish stuff. And you did mention something about, um, I can't remember if I read it on your website, uh, that you started reading Poetry, because when you don't read well, is what uh, it helps you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I um, I came from an abusive family, and what I wanted to do was uh, write, but I couldn't write very well, and uh, because I just wanted to express myself, even just to myself, which mm-hmm. is okay, and, and um, so. You know, I just didn't have the attention span to read a novel or even the, uh, the vocabulary. So I would go into uh, the library away from my friends, and I would just pick poetry books off the shelf and start reading short poems. Because when you read short poems, it's easier. You know, it may take you longer, but you know, if you're going to go through 16 lines, 14 lines, you can take your time doing it and do it over and over and over again. So that's what I did, and um, it just it pointed me into the right direction. Mm-hmm. I still had a heck of a long ways to go, but it was sort of my own little secret, you know, where I could do this type of stuff. And then I eventually started to write as a teenager. Some of it was very, very terrible. <laughs> I, 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 that, that no one knows where those pages are at. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, but um, and then I just kept going and kept going, and eventually getting to the point where uh, you know I could uh, put really good sentences together and put uh, you know good paragraphs together. Inside Scoop Live is a global internet-based broadcast specialized in interviewing published authors about their current books and their areas of expertise. Join us and hear both well-known and upcoming writers talking candidly about their life, experience, as well as the business of being an author in today's literary world. Always interesting and current, we strive to bring our audience high-quality discussions that spotlight a vast diversity of authors in the field today. Our interviews are available 24-7 through direct podcasts, as well as MP3 download from your computer for your convenience. 
Just visit us at InsideScoopLive.com. Welcome back to Inside Scoop Live. Today I'm talking with Michael Casano, author of Something's Bound to Happen. Stay tuned because we are going to continue this fun and enlightening conversation with Michael about poetry as a writing and reading tool or exercise, how the author's own non-writing background helped his uh, writing, surviving, and living after child abuse, and so much more. But in the meantime, learn more about Michael Casano and his books by visiting his website at www.michaelcasano.com and that is K-A-S-E-N-O-W.com. The thing about reading poetry and writing novels is that um, you learn how to be very dis- how to be descriptive using a few words, and that's what uh, it really taught me, and it was good to be able to do that. Um, I'm a fan of Stephen Crane and uh, John Steinbeck, who could write something using metaphors and and actually uh, tell you a story while doing it. So it allowed me to uh, um, be able to uh, get my my, my vision across uh, uh, quite easily. And then when I went into writing science books, uh, with science, you can't use metaphors. You've got to be careful. <laughs> mm-hmm. and they've got to be very short. They should be short sentences. And again, to the point, if you want your readers to read and understand what you're trying to write. So I had the best of both worlds. The, the, the science books taught me how to say things in um, a few words directly uh, and not to waste language because you can't do that with science, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't do it with anything. But also when I started to write uh, my novels, I had uh, you know, a whole bucket full of metaphors to use and um, just, you know, just not to overuse them. That's, that's the secret to it. So I had the best of both worlds to teach me how to write until I got to the point where I could write novels uh, feeling uh, quite uh, confident that I could get my, my visions across. That was actually going to be a question of mine, you know, how uh, being in science helps uh, your writing. I went into writing Spanish, and then from Spanish I went into English. And so my language barrier is what taught me not to use, because uh, Spanish also uses a lot of poetic uh, yeah. um, kind of tone. So my handicap in English is what helped me keep it simple and straight and direct. Of course, I also uh, took other books and that helped me and took classes and, and all that. But I got it easily because of my handicap, because I, I didn't block myself. I didn't see it as a handicap. And um, it occurred to me that science might have been uh, actually beneficial, and you're, that's what you're saying here. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and, you know, it teaches you, uh, for our listeners, you know, if you're trying to write, there's no right and wrong when you're starting what you know you might think as a handicap or something that is uh, that, or your background unuseful look harder because you will find a lot of good points that will help you i also was looking in your bio that you are just retiring yes does that mean that many more books are coming soon <laughs> it's it, it's funny you know when you're when you're not retired uh, you 
use your time very well. When you're retired, you tend to not. <laughs> I mean, I'm having a I'm having a good time, but I have you know I haven't. Um, uh, and I to answer your question, yes, I have a lot of ideas that I've written down that I want to do, and I'm actually working on a novel now, and that'll probably be done sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not in a, any major hurry to get these things done. So um, it's a nice place to be. But, you know, if I'm writing and someone says, well, you want to come out and do this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I come out and I do it. I'd like to get back to the point where I write four hours a day and sort of set myself down to do that in some sort of a discipline. Yeah. For the last year, I haven't been as disciplined as I, I wanted to be, um, quite frankly, because I have all this freedom. <laughs> <laughs> That's happening to me, too. <laughs> it is possible. <laughs> I know it is. Um, my book series is with about my dad, and he just moved in with my mom, uh, and they're living with me. So I need to turn our conversations into book research <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Tell me something, Michael. You said you came from an abusive uh, family, yeah. and I know that you want to read for us a poem. I think it's called Abuse. Abuse, yeah. Is this an expression uh, about your childhood? Is it something that you wrote a long time ago? And I, I want to know, how how did you go about writing on something that was uh, probably traumatizing and and very painful? Tell us a little bit about it, and then please do go ahead and read it for us. Well, distance uh, with time. Uh, when you get away from something and then you look back upon it, it's easier to... Put yourself into the situation. It's easier to do it that way. I'm sure, you know, after you know, during the times of the abuse, I'm sure. Well, I never wrote about it, um, but uh, it was. E- it's easier to look back upon it. The thing that I have found to be really interesting about abuse, uh, child abuse, is that uh, it's always there. You just, you know, I mean, it's just you just can't get rid of it. Uh, it's like a tattoo, as I said in one poem. But as you as you get further away from it, you come to grips with it. Um, the, the memories just aren't as jarring. They're you know they're still bad memories, but they're just not as jarring as 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 they used to be. It's more painful for me to read stories uh, about children being abused or, or or anybody being abused. Quite frankly, bullies in high school and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, than it is to go back into my own life. I've been very fortunate. I've I've just bumped into the right people as I was trying to find myself, and they were really good to me, and they, they, they pointed me into good directions. They just did really nice things for me. So as I look back upon the abuse, um, it's from a distance. It's it's from a telescope, and it's very jaw-dropping. But the, these are things that just sometimes feel I have to write about what happened, mm-hmm. and that's what I do. So if you would like me to, I can read abuse now. Is that okay with you? Oh, yes, please do. Okay. When angels die and no one hears, where does a nine-year-old boy go? To hide from rage and blow by blow of callous fists, the smell of beer, the clenched Teeth, the bullies sneer. A battered child is slow to grow. 
Where does he go in his dirty clothes when the family man smells like a rose? What does he tell friends about the welts, the lonely shame lashed blue on skin, the forever fear in the coward's grin? When a bad day unfurls the belt, when the soul's candle slowly melts, when being born is the awful sin. That's it. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, it's um, heart-wrenching, especially to me, that connects with um, a happy little girl poem to listen to you reading this one. Listeners, this is Michael Casano, and his book is Something's Bound to Happen. It's a poetry book among many other books that he has there. I have many favorites from your book, and uh, my favorites were Rhodes, Blackbird, a little girl playing was actually really my uh, favorite of all the ones that I read because it just I, I just it just connected with me. Um, we're getting close to the end of the interview, Michael, and I like to end it with a positive message to uh, the young youngsters, the people that are coming after us, whether they become writers or not. But hopefully, they're all readers. What message would you give to all of those that? have had a negative beginning uh, and are in the middle of figuring out how to kind of get over their past? Well, don't listen to what people tell you who you are because they don't know you. Understand that anything that you want to do to be successful, whether it's uh, uh, in business, uh, literature, and loving somebody or whatever, it takes a lot of hard work. And so understand that you, you need to do that. Also, if you're with people in a bubble with people who are negative and who want to keep you down in the hole that they're in, as Bob Dylan once said, um, you sometimes have to get rid of them. You just uh, you know, they're not good for you. And so you have to make sometimes um, decisions that will make your life lonely for a while but as you move out into that nice field of success, other flowers will come towards you, and uh, good things will happen. Just do what you want to do, and no matter what somebody says, uh, you can do it. You can get it done. It just takes, it just takes a little bit of uh, ingenuity and perseverance, and over time you will become confident, and then you can look back and say, yeah, yeah, I did it. Well said, Michael. And uh, listeners, this is Michael Casano. Uh, check out his website and his books, his poetry. It's all in there. I mean, even his biography is interesting. <laughs> so uh, make sure that you check out his website. It's michaelcasano.com, and that is K-A-S-E-N-O-W.com. Michael, thank you so much for being with us. I I really enjoyed um, this conversation with you. It was a lot of fun and, at the same time, enlightening for me. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was fun. And listeners, thank you so much for being with us. And until next time. <laughs>